I'm back here. This is Sergey, and this will be an episode number 51 of my podcast. Before we dive into it, I have a quick update. I will be launching my email list, as I mentioned on the episode before that. All you have to do, you can go on my website. It's sergeyross.live, and you can sign up, and you'll be receiving a weekly email with tidbits on high performance mindset and stuff that is actually practical, things that you can actually apply. For example, how do you manage your time? What are some of the questions you can be asking yourself daily? What are some of the routines that you could try on and implement? It's really specifically to feel better every day and just extract more out of what you're doing normally. I'm super interested in in this. I'm researching it on my own regardless. So I'd love to share it with you. So uh, that's all you have to do. And now we'll dive into the episode number 51. This time I was interviewing Stefan Ridden, who is a personal coach to some of the most successful CEOs and founders here in Canada. He also coached over 150 high performers grew up in Stockholm, Sweden, and then moved to Vancouver, Canada, was a poker player, had a really, really interesting story. Obviously, we're talking a lot about mindset, what coaching, what type of coaching he does, some of the lessons that he has learned, and some of the practical tidbits that you can apply for your own workflow and your own life and your own professional career. This is Stefan. Let's let's dive into it. This is an episode number 52. I'm here with Stefan Ridden, one of the most successful coaches for CEOs and founders here in Canada. He trained over 150 high performers. Great to have you on the show, Stefan. Welcome. Thank you, Sergey. Great meeting you. Great to be yeah, it's here. Great. great to connect. You, at one point, you were a poker player out of all the yes. things. That was, I believe, like <laughs> 20 years ago. Tell me yes. what, what happened. How did you end up there? <clears throat> well, I've always liked games. Uh, you know, I like to play Dungeons and Dragons and chess and strategy games when I was mm-hmm. a kid and uh, played poker as a kid. And um, I ran into the uh, smartest guy in the, at the Royal Institute of Technology. He was uh, uh, really good at math and we became good buddies. And he started telling me about this game, uh, this poker game, and it was all about math and probabilities. And you could, you know, I was kind of thinking in terms of, you know, uh, casino games before that, mm-hmm. where it's all luck. So we both realized this is a skill game. And we were in our early 20s, we started playing online. And this immediately became a passion, just realized there was so much going on in this game and um, was reading books and playing and him and I was discussing over mm. ICQ at the time. <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, you know, all of a sudden this started taking off. We started making a little bit of money. We were both in students, you know, it's kind of like exactly like the movie rounders. You ever saw mm. that with Matt Damon. It was kind of like that. And of course we right. were watching that and was like, Oh, well, this is a, there are real tournaments you can play in Vegas. And this is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, a few years later, you know, this thing took off um, with um, online and televised poker and all this stuff and casinos were opening in Stockholm. And, and this had been my passion for a number of years already. So it was sort of uh, money just started kind of flowing in from, from pursuing this hobby. And, you know, it was really a hobby and a passion. Mm-hmm. What was so that, the, uh, that was my first uh, self-employed job, really. It was like, 
Interesting. Get it pasted it right there. Yeah. What was the the most interesting aspect of poker uh, for you at that time? That's 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 a good question. You know, I th I think um, the combination of um, using hardcore kind of analytical, rational logic, uh, math combined with the intuitive side, it really kind of bridged this where you also had to use kind of feeling and sensing and, mm -hmm. and kind of patterns. Like you make choices based on things you couldn't really explain sometimes, you know, it's like just seeing something, you're just picking up on something, especially playing live poker, which I always mm -hmm. enjoyed a lot. So there's sort of some marriage of, of the analytical and the intuitive that, the, in that game that I quite uh, enjoyed. And then you moved on to being the CEO, to had, had the head in the company, uh, and you've grown from a handful of employees to over 17 employees in a short period of time, under three years. And then uh, everything's going great on paper. You are you moved from Sweden to BC, yes. Vancouver. Uh, tell us the story of what happened. How did you end up not feeling that fulfilled right. uh, in the end? Well, you know, I'd pursuing this passion of poker, which led me to travel around the world and, and play uh, online and was living in Brazil for a bit in San Diego. And um, I, met the, I met the founder uh, of this online poker business. So he'd, it was already a founded business. And um, there were like three employees or something like that. So we met and he um, wanted to hire me, said, uh, you know, there's this tech business happening here and uh, you can help us grow it. It's really exciting. So I thought, you know, I'm an engineer by training here. What am I going to do with the rest of my life here? It's like you can use your poker passion and your business entrepreneurial passion. It, mm -hmm. it seemed like a dream come true. I remember getting this job. I was like, okay, so I'm like in the poker online poker business now. And uh, this company, of course, started growing. And I headed the North American operation. So uh, I started hiring people. And this right. became a real big company. It went from sort of a, you know, work in your uh, pajamas at home, from your laptop, doing a little bit of everything, to, you know, hiring big-time executives and building an IT department, an online marketing department. And you know, I was like 30 years old at the time. And, you know, I started to think about things like, what's a leader? Like, I'm a leader now. I'm, I'm leading people. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And started to, of course, uh, read books about leadership. And more and more became curious about, um, I started to feel that I'm more into this thing than building a tech company. So I was more into psychology and mm -hmm. philosophy and, and people and, And so that passion kind of grew. And when an opportunity came to bring everything together, this company has grown uh, with different offices around the world. And we decided to bring it all back to Europe again. I had the choice to either continue as a, uh, as a, an, a, a kind of a senior executive mm -hmm. in, in Stockholm or uh, do something else. So that's kind of when I said, you know, I'm going to take a, a year or two and see what else is possible here. Didn't feel scary at that time? 
yeah you know it did you know it was pretty unconventional at the time you know you're making really nice money you're set in a career you know it's sort of a dream come true but i, I just felt that it wasn't really uh, aligned with who i was and who i was becoming and what i was passionate about it was kind of i'd already discovered that you know i need to really love what i'm doing like with poker i was loving what i was doing and i saw that all of a sudden um that became a job right you mm -hmm. just continue to get good at something you love so i wasn't loving building um building an online uh business as much as i was loving learning about people psychology creativity the mind consciousness those kinds what of would, things yeah what was the <clears throat> what was the moment when or what was the part the book uh power of now by uh toll or eckhart yeah, toll yeah. played in this yeah. whole uh sorry right 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 yeah so kind of when i've had this realization that um i'd achieved all these things in my life i kind of i call it my happiness blueprint was checked off you know it was like i'd met my uh, uh now wife we were living together in a beautiful apartment you know i was making a six figure i've been traveling around the world you know i was um living in vancouver which was you know i've been wanting to to live abroad i was ceo of this company uh, but I wasn't feeling happy. I wasn't fulfilled. I felt like something was missing. So I just had this realization, you know, mm, whatever I'm having now, this is not it. Mm. But I couldn't figure out, you know, conventionally speaking, I'd kind of checked everything off. So unconsciously, I had this blueprint of what I needed to achieve in order to be happy. Um, so, but I wasn't when I had had it all. So... Then I just happened to walk into a bookstore. I love books. I love bookstores. I was just wandering around and I came across this book and I was reading it. And this sounds interesting. Um, this, you know, this is about changing your life. This is about uh, living in the present moment. This is kind of about happiness. And it seemed to be what was missing in my life. So maybe I should read this book. Mm. And uh, that immediately that was like a catalyst for me. I read the book and I was like <laughs> starting to practice mindfulness. And I remember sitting in meet business meetings and it's actually in the building we're in now. Uh, mm. We had the whole floor upstairs here. And I remember sitting there and I was more focused on the present moment <laughs> than anything else was going on. I was just like blown away by, by, you know, how little I'd been paying attention to what's really going on, how caught up I'd been uh, just living in my, my mind. So it was sort of, it was a whole certain open up uh, with, uh, with that. So that was sort of the, the, the mm. I call it kind of the match that, that lit something and, and a thirst and the book started piling up and it was more tech CEO by day and, and, you know, spiritual seeker by night is kind of, how <laughs> it started to look yeah how long you've been <clears throat> how long you've been doing that like this transition uh for you to to experiment on your own to to learn on your own uh part-time or like at, in the free time yeah well that started in 2007 and you know i haven't looked back since you know i'm reading more books than i've ever had now <laughs> so i'm as you know thirsty and curious and and you know learning more now than than i did then so mm. 
it's it's not it hasn't changed it hasn't gone away for 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 12 years yeah well, we'll, we'll uh, talk more about the books because I'm obviously going to ask you, I've seen your library, recommended library, virtual on your website. Yes, yes. 141 you... books there now on the list. We'll, we'll have to, we'll have to shortlist it. Good. I, I don't think everybody's going to read that many, but uh, we'll have to shortlist the ones that you feel like were the, the like really impactful. What right. made you, what were the things that made you not settle for less? Because... I, I've seen it so many times and I'm sure you see it in your work where people, they do their job and then uh, they kind of happy. And then the further they go, the more experience they get, the more sunk cost, if you will, they have. And then the more fear to switch somewhere because how would they possibly do that? They spend so much more time. So it's a bit of a trap the further they go. Yes. How, what made you feel like, actually, you know, I'm not going to, I'm, doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to go and and try something else. Yeah, I just it was just this feeling that I'd had from from you know in my early twenties. I had the thought realization. I, I look at it now that if you follow your heart, if you follow your heart, you can't fail. There's there's no failing in that, and. And that, that was kind of, that stuck with me. That insight came to me and that's what I remembered. It was just continue to follow your heart, follow what you're into, following your curiosity, follow what excites you. Uh, it, it was it was really trusting that if you do that, mm-hmm. um, things will fall into place for you. Is that what uh, it takes to for somebody for a person to discover their so-called Michael Jordan level of talent. Like if somebody, they're, they're okay with what they do, but maybe they want to do more. And some people, like I interviewed Ivan Carmichael, he's pretty well known in the personal development world, does a lot of YouTube. Now he's touring in the US, Canada. He has this belief that everybody has a certain level of talent. And he says like, oh, it's, it could be even Michael Jordan level talent. What would somebody need to do to discover that? Yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, you have natural talents and you, those are tapped into the, by what excites you, where there's joy, right? There's, there's just certain things you're drawn to for the sheer joy of it. Um, and, and I think it's as simple as that. It's, it's just as simple as that. And, and I think that's how you realize your fullest potential. You know, and sometimes fears and other stories are, are, are in the way of that uh, programming and things like that. Mm. Um, you know, and that's a large part of what I'm doing now, helping people s- tap into what actually excites them. Uh, where is the real joy? And work through all the limiting beliefs and stories uh, 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 that kind of comes up to shut it down so that people can tap into right. it and start being guided by it. How about this? Like there, there's, there are people who have passions in a, in a, in a, in a few areas. Maybe they, they're interested in, in, uh, in one area, maybe they like doing video and then they like, they like um, podcasting or um, yes. they are interested in writing and they're interested in sports. Uh, how, what do they need to, like how do they pick a specific discipline or skill and then start right. developing that. What do they need to do? Maybe questions they ask themselves, any signs they look for, anything 
anything what that would help them in from your experience yes great question uh, you know i draw from everything i enjoy i love sports you know i i i, I like sports there's a lot of things i love i'm really into uh, and i'm drawing from all of that so it can all come together but how to pick something you know i just went through coach training because i thought i was into the training i was enjoying the training i didn't think i was actually going to work as a coach but as i went through it and i thought now what like i have this coach training i'm really into this stuff um i've now coached a few people you know i got to try that and that was cool that worked out you know but it wasn't necessarily like with poker where it was just like, oh, this is, this is, um, this is instant love affair kind of thing. It was a gradual thing where I had to try it out. And, and there were times in the beginning where I thought, you know, maybe it's not going to be in coaching, you know, maybe this is not, I'm still really into everything there, but it wasn't, you know, it was hard and not getting clients and, you know, all this kind of challenges at the beginning. So, how to pick, you know, it, it kind of grew on me very gradually. So it, it's a, I would say for me, it was a process for someone else. It mm -hmm. might be different. It might be just like obvious. This is what I'm going to be. Um, so I think experimentation, mm -hmm. right. It's, um, and feeling it out is, is the best advice that we could give on that. Because I find, I feel like there's an important aspect where uh, people sometimes dabble in a lot of things, never become mm -hmm. anything, never go yes. deep into anything. And, right. and what I've, I, I'm personally incredibly interested in studying successful people like you are. Yes. I, saw, I see this, in, this pattern, like people focus on one specific thing and doesn't necessarily have to be narrow or super narrow, but they do focus on something for generally yes. five or rather mostly 10 to 15 years and they're they're getting to this obsessed state uh, from interest or from passion they are getting to a pretty obsessed state and then they are there's no competition over that long term so like what right. do like is there the experimentation would be the answer uh or like relentless experimentation to avoid that trap of being in dabbling in all these areas and never get into anything yeah, you know, I think this is exactly where coaching comes in. You know, I've had people work on me, uh, you know, and coach me throughout uh, all of this, and I still do, right? So, so part of it is have someone, you know, to challenge you, to work mm -hmm. with you when you're considering quitting or you're not trying that or you're not trying that. Um, and... Um, the obsession has always been about kind of learning and growth for me, right? That, that, that's the obsession. Then it's just become, how can I channel that? What's the vehicle for that? That can actually serve somebody else. And that became coaching, but that can also mm -hmm. be, you know, that could be speaking, that could be writing, talking in a podcast. There are many ways that I could tap into that passion. Right? So, yeah, um, but the key is that there there is a passion that you're something you fall in love with, right? That that just keeps 
um, you keep on a, that drive for, for mastery or whatever. Uh, yeah. If you were not a coach, what would you do? It's a great question. I think it would be um, probably a, some sort of philosopher writer, something like that. Yeah. Interesting. You said something about time management that I thought was extremely interesting. Uh, I love time management topic, uh, part of a personal development, especially how people approach this, the thinking. And you said, and um, you might have quoted somebody or might have been, this is what you said. It's that you said the time management is 99% inner problem or the mm -hmm. problem inside. Yes. Explain that. What do you mean by that? Yeah. You, you know, um, focus is really the problem not knowing what you really want it is usually uh, what it's about right if you're very clear on what it is that you're creating and what you what you want uh, and you're inspired by what you're creating why would you be why would you be procrastinating on anything that you're not procrastinating on anything you would love doing so why aren't you in love with your workday why aren't you in love with, with you know, uh, the whole creation, right? That's why it's so important to come back to personal vision and really finding a clear picture of what kind of experience you're trying to create. You know, it doesn't need to have be perfect or anything, but it's something that really uh, is clear to you and inspires you. And now you're focused on that in your day, right? There's no procrastination anymore. Um, you know what to say yes to, you know what to say no to, right? It becomes very easy to live. It actually becomes very simple. It's hard work to create it, mm -hmm. but the payoff is a focus on simplicity uh, in your life. Do you, what would be the, the steps that you could get there? Like, is that a matter of setting your vision? Is it a matter of setting your goals? Uh, what are some of the aspects that could people like that could help people get there? You have to uh, tap into your your mind to to feeling and sensing and using your imagination, right? It's it's really about using your imagination creatively to picture different scenarios for yourself, right? Like what we're doing now, I've pictured in my mind, right? I've pictured. Uh, doing what we're doing now, sitting mm -hmm. and talking to guys like yourself who are passionate about the same topics, spreading these kinds of things, coaching, personal growth, you know. Um, this is something that I pictured myself doing and said, yeah, I want to be that guy. That's what I want to be doing. And so your imagination is the key to tap into what it is that you want. And... Uh, that's what you got to do. What, what do you do to avoid the, um, the trap of limited beliefs or uh, the, the unfortunate conditioning that almost everybody falls in uh, under where they think, oh, actually, I'm terrible or I'm actually, I really suck and I'm not, never going to be anybody. Um, yes. and, and, and like, what do, like, is there anything that you could do besides coaching? Any first easy steps to to maybe lift that a little bit? Well, I, th I think the most powerful way is to have someone work with you on that 
I really do, because you need someone to really believe in a different possibility for you who sees something different. Uh, I was recently talking to the CEO last night and I was looking him in the eye and I said, you are uh, the smartest guy in the company. He's working with brilliant scientists and things like that and doesn't think mm-hmm. he's, you know, uh, uh, he's questioning if he's smart enough to lead this company, right? So, but I'm, I'm know him uh, and I see how brilliant he is, how smart he is, but he's not really see. So to have someone outside see that and communicate and mirror that back to him, you know, um, he is aware that this is a story, but to actually have someone look you in the eye and say, uh, this is bullshit. You are totally smart enough, capable enough to do what it is that you're doing and, and it believes in you. That's, that's, that's hard to be. Um, now, yes, there are lots of things you can do on your own. That's where things like mindfulness training, I think it's very powerful to really become aware. What are the stories in your mind? And then learn techniques like Byron Katie has uh, um, four questions uh, that she uses to challenge stories and, mm-hmm. and thoughts. So um, it's starting to look at things, um, starting to challenge your own thinking, right? Starting to challenge the obvious, that'll never work, uh, that's too hard, that's going to be hard. Um, that's not for me, um, whatever the story is to, to, to ha- hang out there and suspend that automatic, that's how it is just because a part of my mind is making that judgment, uh, is to challenge that question it and, and ask yourself, what else is possible here? What if that wasn't true? And that's inner work. Mm. What about, uh, you worked with a lot of, uh, very, Smart people, high performers, uh, founders, any, um, any memorable stories or moments that you found impactful for you personally uh, in helping people? You don't have to share the names, but anything that was, uh, that, that was really interesting, uh, coaching at work, so to say? Oh, there's, there's, been, a, there's been a lot of them. Um, is there a particular type of story you're, you're looking for there yeah i mean if, to help you maybe with that is anything that you use as an, as an example anything that you use as a so-called blueprint of this is what it was before this is what's the situation this is how it happened after if there was something like that maybe a story that you shared the most uh, with others yeah i think um one story that comes to mind is, is just a very simple, um, actually a very a regular coaching conversation um, where you have a CEO who was struggling with sales. Uh, he was in charge of creating new deals and he was blaming uh, marketing and product. He thought it was because he was telling me, you know, why aren't, why aren't you selling more? I haven't made it. We haven't. Uh, made a deal in a couple of months and, and, you know, his explanation was because of product and and marketing. So of course, as a coach, I kind of become very curious when I hear stories like that, that excludes himself from the problem. (laughs) 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 So, um, and of course it turns out that 
uh, he was avoiding, he was actually not spending time creatively uh, working on creating clients and sales because he thought sales was boring. Uh, he had a story that it was boring and it was hard and that he wasn't very good at it. So it was actually very emotionally uncomfortable for him to sell. So, but he was, you know, hadn't really realized that it's an, it's kind of an obvious thing for me there. Um, and that was a huge breakthrough for him, right? That was a transformation uh, for that company in that moment. Within a couple of weeks of that, he had um, started to become excited about the possibility of selling. We had changed a lot of his stories and negative beliefs around it and tapped into his creativity We've set a new intention where his intention is to really focus on, on sales and how important it is. And it wasn't really about marketing and product. It was about that he could sell this if he really put his mind to it. So, you know, there's tons of stories like that, but that's a clear kind of before and after where it's just like a couple of sessions in and within weeks he's making the two biggest deals um, that that company has, had, had ever made before that, right? So... You know, I, I love I love stories like that where it's uh, literally a transformation over a few weeks and a, and a huge shift. It's sort of a turning point for the company. People ask you a lot of questions. I'm sure in the coaching calls, people like me ask you a lot of more probably more questions <laughs> that are hard to answer. Yeah, but I love your questions. What a, by the way, uh, what Great about uh, yeah. thank you? What about uh, a question that you wish somebody asked you but they never do? Is there anything like that that you that yeah. you would love to tell, but nobody really is? I'm is... going to use that question with my clients. I like that question a lot. Nobody's ever asked me that question before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, what's the biggest thing you've learned about the power of your mind? Mm -hmm. People don't often ask me that. You know, and that's uh, mm. that, that's something that's right there, right? Everybody walks around with their mind all the time. What's the secret to the mind? You know, that that that'd be an interesting question. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because um, I'm I also like follow people like David Goggins, who wrote book the book Can't Hurt Me, the former Navy Seal, and and a lot of other high performers, and they a lot all of the, all of them basically talk about how incredibly powerful the mind is and yes. what it can do, or rather what your body can do if you have the control of your mind. And it's a really sad thing, but there are so many people who are skeptical. There's so many people think that this is a raw thing, or this is a, just something that never works, and people are yes. trying to, to just sell their services. Yes. What do you tell those people? What do you, how do you explain the exam that, that it works or maybe show what, what are your uh, approach to that? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's another great question. Yeah. I have to do a fair bit of, um, ex, you know, you know, asking people to do experiments for themselves. So for example, I might ask somebody just to see uh, how primed their mind is to see certain things. Uh, a simple experiment is to have someone look around the room and count all the blue things that they see. And as they're looking around the room, they're counting blue things and 30 seconds go by, ask them, how many red things did you see? And of course, they saw 
zero red, red things mm. uh, because they weren't looking for them. This is exactly, this is, this is a very simple example of the power of the mind. You know, how we see what we look for, uh, what we're primed for, and um, another example would be uh, just imagining biting into a lemon or drinking some lemon juice and having a physiological reaction. I talk about the, the, yeah. all these you know, uh, clinical studies on the placebo, how powerful the placebo is. People are literally healing themselves from all sorts of things, just Incredible. the power of the mind. Like, you know, so that's real. That's happening. That's the power of belief. That's the power of expectation. That's the power of assumption. So I do a fair bit of just like taking these simple examples for people to just start opening themselves up to. You have this incredible, powerful tool here that we call your mind. How are you using it? Are you using it for you? Is it working for you? Is, right? Or, or is it kind of, have you not taken charge of it yet? Uh, how conscious are, are you what you are creating? Right? So um, that's one of, the, one of the ways that I just help mm -hmm. people see, see it. Uh, there's a, I'm a big fan of, by the way, of uh, the hypothetical questions. I think they're, yes. they're really interesting in terms of they either box you in or do it in reverse where if you could accomplish anything, what would that be? Which is a really interesting approach to either lift all the constraints or uh, yes. artificially put constraints. So this one is more about adding constraints. What uh -huh. could you accomplish in, uh, in if you had to, what, what would you accomplish uh, for your 10 year or 10 year plan, 10 year goal plan in six months, if somebody had a gun to your head? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, in six months, uh, a constant gun to my head. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, lots of pressure uh, to, to make uh, progress on that 10 year goal in six months. Um, well, you know, I, th I think I think that's a brilliant question. That's another one I'm going to take from you, Sergey. I, I can I can share the list. Uh, I have uh, I researched specifically the questions that are incredibly specific uh, with the purpose to uncover the way that the guest thinks, and yes. and I think this, these are just interesting. But I'm happy uh -huh. happy to share. Yeah, please do. Yeah, no, these are these are great coaching questions, right? I like to ask people questions like that. What would you do if you had endless supplies of money and so forth. Mm -hmm. uh, to answer your question, I think I could make massive progress if I was just focused on that, right? <laughs> uh, no doubt about it. What would be, like, let me, let me ask you this. What, what, were, what were the things that you became better at saying no to over the years? Yeah, I think... Um, Just focusing kind of more where I was spending my time where I wasn't feeling excitement, you know, where it was just, it was more a feeling thing, not necessarily a specific thing. Am I, am I excited to go to this yeah. dinner or go to this event or, or have lunch with this person or work with this person, right? So more of a feeling test in terms of joy and excitement. Uh, and then just gradually being like, mm, I think we're going to say pass on that, say no to that and say 
yes to more of the stuff where it's like, yeah, the energy is here. Um, mm. Yeah. The, the, so not a specific thing, more, more a feeling thing. If it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. More, more like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless of course my wife really wants to go to it. <laughs> sure. What, what are the, I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a hard question, but if you, if you can't answer, that's fine. We'll, we'll move on. What is the one thing that you believe in, believe in that others would think it's insane? Right. Um, that you can create anything that you want for yourself by the use of your mind. I think, I think that just you can create whatever you want by the simple use of your mind. And it's, it can be fun. It can be uh, effortless. It can be joyful, like much easier, much easier. Life could be much easier. So uh, one other way I'd put that to CEOs or, or high performers, high achievers, I think you can create more value in less time and have more fun doing it. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, what are some of the practical practical things that, that people could do um, to, to start on that? Well, I think um, starting to use your imagination creatively is, um, is, is you know, incredibly important, right? To, to really start dreaming, right? Start uh, and feeling, not just thinking. You have to get in touch with feeling here, right? That's why... You know, things like um, also mindfulness and stuff like that, you know, and coaching can transform people's life. It starts to tap into uh, your own uh, intuition and guidance system, which is a feeling thing, right? You see children are, you know, they're navigating by feeling and senses and instincts, right? We're, we're, we have that, right? So we've just become a bit uh, mechanical, stop trusting mm -hmm. it and so forth. Um so recognizing that you can tap into a whole new navigation system. It's a, it's an inner, it's more of an inner process, an inside out process. Any um, exercises you make your, your clients go through anything they have to fill out any, anything that they have to like type of homework stuff, maybe a certain framework that you share with them with, for this for this specific task? Yeah, I have, you know, I have endless, you know, different exercises and things like that. Uh, but I like to make it, I, I try to not make my coaching too uh, heavy on, uh, on homework unless the client really is drawn to that. Some clients really respond well to that. Um, but I would say visioning you know, um, spend some time, go for walks, do some meditation, spend some time in contemplation, just you with yourself and your mind and see where your mind goes. Think about possibilities for yourself and, and feel and take note of what's coming up in your mind and what the stories are and then kind of bring them back to the coaching work and, and we'll see how to work with that. I think... Right. Uh, that would be almost a mandatory practice when working with me would be, what do you really want? What do you think is possible? Um, and you can help them guide, guide people through that. Yeah, absolutely. 
I, so this is, a, this is a, I would be curious to hear your answer for this one. What is your superpower that allow you to get to where you are right now and achieve the success that you had so far? Yes. I'm curious how you're going to define that. Yeah. Um, I think my superpower is I'm, I'm able to inspire people to believe in new things, to, to change people's minds, to open minds to something they didn't think possible for them, whatever you would call that superpower. Mm -hmm. But I really see that as key to the work is kind of to get through and help them see and believe something that might have been kind of totally out of there. They wouldn't really have opened their mind to it before or seen it or believed in it. I think, I think that's kind of where it's at. So I did mention uh, the book question. Uh, you have a lot of them. Uh, if you were to pick a couple of mandatory reads that were the most impactful for your life, or yes. the ones that you gifted the most. If we, right. if we were to shortlist, what would be some of those? Well, I would definitely say The, uh, the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Um, the Power of Intention by Wayne Dyer. I think it's another powerful book. Um, This one I'm uh, recently read that I think is uh, I'm highly recommending. It's called "The Illusion of Money." Oh, that is interesting. I like the title. Yeah, why chasing money is stopping you from receiving it. Uh, I think uh, that's a really good book. Uh, I think um, uh, wherever you go, there you are by John Kabat-Zinn. It's a mindfulness book. Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by uh, Stephen awesome. Covey uh, uh, can be reread kind of over and over again. And, um, crucial Conversations I really like. Tools for Talking When Stakes Are High. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to pick 10. How many oh, that's fine. <laughs> no, I, I mean, you said like, 10, so I was really going for oh, that. Oh, no, 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 no. This, is, this, should be, this should be a good starter for people because people generally don't want to read more than a blog post these days. <laughs> yes, this is true, but I guess. We'll, we'll, we'll link it in the show notes. Maybe, so you know what? That's probably my superpower right there. My thirst for knowledge is really kind of, you, know, uh, you know, I'm just absorbing, learning, and drawing from everything. You know, I'm not stuck in one thing one psychology, one philosophy, you know, I'm just like a sponge when it comes to, to, to knowledge, I think. Mm. Um, so that's pretty core. That's pretty core. And that's probably what allows yeah. for opening the minds of different people, right? Because it's kind of, each book is like a different key, right? You can, you can use this book or this approach for that person. You know, essentially, that's what I'm doing, finding keys to unlock different people's minds. Stefan, I'm gonna read. I'm going to link all those books in the show notes. So everybody can go grab them. I haven't read some of them, so I'm super excited to read them because this is going to be really a lot of fun. I actually saved a bunch of your LinkedIn articles to my pocket because there were some of the stories were just 
too good to ignore or to right. not ignore, but to read. Um, yes, more to really, come. I just really got yeah. going with, with writing this year. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just going to keep on flowing. That's the intention. Which is, yeah, for sure. I'm going to be really excited to see what's, what's coming up. Are there anything, anything I have missed or any parting thoughts that you would have uh, to share with the listeners? Um, what's your, what's your life vision going to be? Ask yourself that and really believe in the possibility that you can create your dream life. I think if I can, if that message can come across, it'd be very powerful that, that this is possible for you, regardless where you're at, right? It's, um, you're much more creative and powerful creator than you've been led to believe, as I like to say. That was, uh, that was, that was really great. Stefan, that on this note, thanks a lot for coming. Really, really appreciate it and sharing your wisdom. Uh, it was really great to have you. Likewise, uh, okay. I think I, I learned more than you did. I have a few <laughs> powerful questions. And, uh, you know, so this was a great, this was a great experience for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, being on this side of, of all the powerful questions. That was Stefan Ridden. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and be sure to check out his book collection because it is pretty incredible and there's some inc some books that are for sure going to provoke some interesting questions on your end and help you get answers for whatever you are trying to tackle, both professionally and personally. And also, uh, you can sign up for my email list, as I mentioned early in this show on my website. It's sergeyross.live. You can go there, you can put your email, and you'll get weekly tidbits with stuff like Stuff and Written's books and new books, new tools, tricks, time management stuff that you could be applying to improve what you're working on, get better, and have more satisfaction from more fulfillment from what you're doing on a daily basis. That's it for now. I will see you in the next episode.
That was Stefan Ridden. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and be sure to check out his book collection because it is pretty incredible and there's some inc- some books that are for sure going to provoke some interesting questions on your end and help you get answers for whatever you are trying to tackle, both professionally and personally. And also, uh, you can sign up for my email list, as I mentioned early in this show on my website. It's sergeyross.live. You can go there, you can put your email, and you'll get weekly tidbits with stuff like Stuff and Written's books and new books, new tools, tricks, time management stuff that you could be applying to improve what you're working on, get better, and have more satisfaction from more fulfillment from what you're doing on a daily basis. That's it for now. I will see you in the next episode. Cheers.